0: Hi everyone, it's Dan Duvo, radio play-by-play broadcaster for the Golden Knights. This is SLGND, the Sheriff Lawless and Some Kind Named Dave podcast, presented by the D-Hotel in downtown Las Vegas. Seven games into Mark Stone's tenure with the Golden Knights, Vegas 6-1 with number 61. A six-game win streak ended Sunday in Calgary, but what does the crew see in Stone and the team in that stretch? Is he as good or perhaps even better than advertised. We also take a look around the league, Tampa Bay's success in context, and which teams are on the fringe of the playoff picture with a dozen games to play. Also, a pile of mailbag questions from Twitter, goalie interference, historic late season surges, which is the night's number one line, pregame routines, pineapple on pizza, and more. It's SLGND, the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast, presented by the D-Hotel,
1: and now, here's Dave! Thank you very much, Dan Duva. You're the best. I am some guy named Dave. Dave Gosher. Sh- no shame. No shame. Where is he? No shame. No shame. No shame. 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 <laughs> shame. 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 <laughs> Evidently, a day off with pay. We'll dock him accordingly. You know, Shane had a couple of things going on, so can't meet us here today at the great Andiamo Restaurant, D-Hotel. Corner booth, table for three. But um, we should have a moment of... Uh, it's not silence on... Move uh, on, it's, let's it's go. <laughs> <air>. <laughs> That's Gary over there. I heard him chime in, and then you fellas over there. Anyways, um, so we're here at the great Andiamo restaurant. The Sheriff Lawless, some guy named Dave, brought to you by the D-Hotel. And uh, the Golden Knights, guys, we're into the home stretch now as we sit here. The final dozen games of the regular season. Hard to believe, um, but here we are with uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs. It would be... So what day is today? Tuesday. So almost... A month from today. Yep. It looks like the, the league would probably start the playoffs on Wednesday. Whether the Golden Knights start Wednesday or Thursday right. remains to be seen. More April
0: than, 10th or 11th. Yeah,
1: more than likely on the road. But uh, we'll see what happens in the next 12 games in terms of how that goes. But this team's been on a great run. You know, The game against Calgary, the most recent game notwithstanding, they rip off six wins in a row. And it coincides, Gary, with the addition of Mark Stone. Yep. And you know, you guys have talked about it on, on the radio, Shane, on television. He has been as advertised through these first seven games, broke through with goals and back-to-back games, but the jolt that he's given this team has been evident from game one.
2: Well, your phrasing there is interested as advertised because I think Mark Stone is underrated. And and, and maybe underrated is not the right word, but a little under the radar. Like, how good is he? Where, Where does he rank? And frankly, Kelly McCrimmon asked me this because I asked him that question. And he said to me, well, you've now seen him. This was after his, he'd played five games. This was when he'd signed his, his contract extension. I wrote a column. And I said, you know, how come How come I How come I thought he was good, maybe great, but I didn't realize he was this? And he said, "He said, well, you've watched him play five games. Is he better than you thought he was going to be? And I said, absolutely. He, he The impact... I get stuck watching him. I I get locked in on him when he's on the ice and when he doesn't have the puck, and I'm watching the little things he does, and I came to the conclusion that, you know, the reason not as many people are, has clued into the the excellence of Mark Stone is because his greatest asset is his mind, and you can't see him thinking the game. But that's what he's doing. He thinks it at a way higher level, and that's why he's he's not that great a skater. But he's plays fast because he gets he goes where the puck's gonna be. Mm-hmm. He doesn't go where the puck is. He goes where it is gonna be. And and the you know I'm not comparing him to Wayne Gretzky, but that is the you know Wayne Gretzky will tell you the greatest teaching he ever received came from his father, and it was. Don't go where the puck is. Go where the puck is going to be. And Mark Stone has that ability.
0: You think about statistics, that's often how we gauge a player. And in some sports, it's more telling than others. Why analytics have been introduced, other ways of quantifying what a guy does. And we see the numbers. And, yeah, he's got 67 points now. A handful of those have come with the Golden Knights. Those 67 points, along with his 30 goals, by the way, career-high 30 goals, those are numbers that are more than any other player on the Golden Knights, more than Marsha, so Carlson, Patcharadi, Tuck, anybody else. And as impressive as that is, okay, that's why we. All right, he's automatically the Knights' best player. But as to add to your point, Gary, he does things that statistics have a hard time quantifying. In other words, you watch a guy every day, game in, game out. You see things that you might not grasp if you were to watch just highlights or maybe see. One occasional game, say the Ottawa Senators against the Golden Knights, we see him twice as an opponent. When you see each game, those little things, then you become more, uh, you admire more what he's able to do. Now, so the other statistic, aside from the points that we have looked at, the takeaways. And he hit 100 takeaways the other day. And it's the second time in his career that he surpassed 100 takeaways. It's only happened eight times since they started keeping that statistic. 1997. Stone's now surpassed 100 twice. The only other guy who's done it more than once, Pavel Datsuk, yeah. who's done it three times, right? So He was pretty good. Five out of the eight times in 22 years that anybody's had more than 100 takeaways in a season,
1: Mark Stone's done it twice and including this season. And I think part of the reason, too, Dan, that people, you know, Gary said underrated, and I think that's right. Yeah. But you said the the phrase "little things." There's not a lot of flash in his game. Yeah, right. He's not Patrick Kane. No, he's blow not Connor McDavid. He's yeah. not Alexander Ovechkin. Those guys jump off the TV screen at you. You watch those guys play and you say, "Wow!" Kane's ability to play the game at different speeds. McDavid's ability to just fly up the ice. Ovechkin's ability to run over you and you yeah. know score forty goals a year. Yeah. You know, with Stone, he doesn't. He's not fast, Gary, but he gets there. He doesn't have a great shot but he scores 30 goals. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's he's got the ability in a much subtler, calmer, not flashy way to be so effective. And it's not just
0: us as broadcasters or fans. We have to remember that he was a 6th round pick. It's right. not as though he was a first rounder. Forget about high first rounder. He was a 6th round pick. So even scouts No, I know it's I'll a little bit even. different. I'll go even farther. It yeah. wasn't just the
2: scouts; it was his own father. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, Kelly McCrimmon tells this story of. I hope I'm not telling this out of school, but too late now. Yeah, you know, Kelly drafts him to play for the Brandon Wheat Kings out of minor hockey in Winnipeg, and uh, Mark comes to camp. And in the Western Hockey League, at a certain point in time, you got to sign a card, which then commits you to that team. And Mark wouldn't sign, and I think he was probably, you know. Keeping his options open, whether or not he wanted to go to U.S. college and wanted to keep his eligible wanted to keep his eligibility. Uh, I didn't say that very well, but eligibility. There you go. Thanks. <laughs> yep, <there> you go. <laughs> So finally, Kelly picks up the phone and phones Mark Stone's dad and says, hey, look, we'll, like we'll tell him to sign his card. We, we we want to keep him. He's a good player. And his dad's response, with that skating? Like, you know what <laughs> I mean? Because his gait is kind of awkward, right? You know what I mean? But, of course, uh, and, you know, his numbers were, were okay the first two years and then the last two years of his Western hot, you know, 100, point, 100 plus points two years in a row. Like, this is uh, – and we, we're talking about the statistics. This is – from the, the article that I, I, I borrowed from, from Travis Yost of TSN. And I won't get into the... the he's got a bunch of numbers that support this, but quote-unquote, over the past three seasons, the list of forwards who have had a larger positive impact on team teammate performance is impossible to find. No player, not Connor McDavid, not Sidney Crosby, has boosted his teammates' goal differentials more Than Stone, so in in the ultimate team game, that's the ultimate stat. Yeah, you know that's why he is one of the best players, not top fifty. Not like we're talking top ten, top fifteen best players in the National Hockey and League.
0: all around. I mean, a lot of people yep. jump to the numbers here: how many goals, how many points. Uh, and last year, we looked at the plus-minus so often because of what the Golden Knights' first line did at even strength. And Carlson put up the the goals and the plus-minus: forty-three goals, plus forty-nine, and all of that. Uh, and it's it's that two-way game. He is an all-around
1: great player. And, and it's interesting too, guys. We're going to have Derek Stevens on, who uh, from the D Hotel, a little later on in the show. Uh, you know, obviously native of Detroit, watch those great Red Wings teams. And you mentioned Pavel Datsuk, Dan. It also is a a hell of a case study that there are guys that in all sports, but we'll we'll just keep it to to what we're talking about here in the NHL, there are guys that slip through the cracks. Pavel Datsuk, sixth-round pick for the Red Wings. Henrik Zetterberg, seventh-round, 210th pick. Also, a phenomenal all around player, but Mark Stone, six round with Ottawa. You know, there's the old. I'll just bring it up because we're kind of talking about six round picks. You know, there's a quarterback that's had some success that went 199th overall. Who does he play for? Okay. You can figure it out. The team he plays for would tell you if we were that bright, we wouldn't have let yeah. him sit around for 198 picks. So, as much as. You know, and the, the guys that draft and develop well and, and the Golden Knights have put together a terrific scouting staff. And, um, you know, and it, it's a lifeblood of your team, but there are guys that when you're making a judgment on someone that's, you know, 18 years old, 19 years old, that you can't, sometimes you don't see it right away, and they slip through the cracks, and, and Stone's one of them, and along with these other two guys I mentioned that have had great careers.
2: Well, and that's why... Like it's it's amazing when the the, immediately after that contract was signed, so many people were what an overpay, what an overpay. The analytics guys out there were looking at it and saying, Vegas just got a team friendly contract, it's 9.5 million. Which (laughs) there's lots of guys that are in this that he's in the conversation with that are 10, 11, and 12, you know, like Tavares and Matthews just signed. Big time, big number contracts. This is nine point five million, and it's for the max eight years. It, you know there will be times in this uh, or throughout this contract where you go, "Wow, what a what a team friendly deal."
0: So, so G- just curious, the last thing I-, I wanted to ask you guys about this, you know, we saw that when Stone arrived for that first game, he didn't have a chance to even practice, and it made sense in so many ways for Stone to join Max Pacioretty and Paul Stastny on that line. And okay. Stone was 26 years old. His linemates in Ottawa, in Brady Kachuk and Colin White, were 19 years old and 22. And what it means for a 26-year-old in a certain mode there, he's the old veteran compared to those two. And now he's playing with guys who are bona fide NHL veterans, Pacioretty's 30, Stastny's 33, making sense to put him there and how he might be able to help those two guys.
1: It's amazing, too, Dan, and to your point of... <laughs> If you're an Ottawa Senators fan, what you've seen since last September Ugh. is gotta be it's gonna have you shaking your head. Excruciating. Eric Carlson, Matt Duchesne, Ryan DeZingle, Mark Stone. Yeah. All gone. Now Stone's case, I, of all of them, and as 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 much of a I think Eric Carlson kind of became the face of that franchise over the years, um, certainly after the Daniel Alfredson days. Um, to see somebody like Mark Stone go.
0: Yeah, I mean he was next, right? I mean he, he was, was going to be, be the, the next captain. captain. Bingo. Well, it's
1: like it, it must be a, excruciating is a good word for it.
2: It's amazing. They went to the they went late with Stone to try and get him. Right. Like they didn't want him to leave. Ottawa realized what they had in him and they pushed hard to get him. Uh you know, he they they had one, you know, he said they scratched me on the Thursday a week prior to the deadline, and then almost 10 days prior to the deadline, and then, uh, you know, because we hadn't made progress, and then they worked again all day on the Friday to try and get a deal done, and it it, it never happened, and that's that's when he said, he said, that's when I started to think that I might have to move on. So
0: uh, the the Senators, they did they understood the value of Stone and tried very hard to keep him. And, and who knows how much Mark might ultimately reveal about it, but the thought of the Golden Knights being a destination and signing here long-term, which we know was part of the arrangement before the deal was consummated, it is an attraction. Dave, you've brought this up a few times now since the Stanley Cup final. Those three players we just mentioned, and it's Pacioretty, Stasny and now Stone. Um, players around the league are recognizing not only the financial benefits in terms of taxes, the climate,
1: um, the culture here, and a winning approach from ownership and management. I think it's beyond belief. it takes teams years, decades to build a reputation. some and, teams never get it. yes and they've had they haven't been playing games two full seasons you know, uh, and it's a destination for guys around the league. I can tell you.
2: Winnipeg has become more attractive now that they've started to win, but you know we, we, we know this. All the players that have no moves, Winnipeg's on that list. Uh, sorry, that have that have that have partial no moves. Yeah, where you know you submit a, te- a number of teams that you won't go to. Winnipeg is on Ottawa. They're on all those lists. That's a Buffalo. That that's a tough place to be as an organization. And Mark Stone said quite plainly destination number one plan a if he couldn't do a deal in ottawa was vegas and it that's yeah. it came to be. That's it and was, he
0: said good things about Ottawa. It seems that at this stage in that organization's evolution, it's not the best place to be. But in terms of a city, he was he was not denigrating the city in any way, and folk spoke very highly about yeah. about that place. So it's not as though Ottawa is, is doomed to oblivion. Uh, but for right now, it's it's
1: obviously a tough place to take. All right. So Stone's been everything we'd hope he'd, he'd be in more. He's going to be here a long time. They rip off six wins in a row with him, uh, and they're dominant in some of the, the wins, especially the two games against. Vancouver, uh, the Florida game, they found a way to win. You know, I know Gerard Gallant was not crazy at all about their first period, but they were able to fight back and win that game. Um, beat Anaheim. Shane and I thought on on TV they were just kind of okay in that game, but I, you know, what, what the hell do we know? I don't I shut them out. Yeah, they shut them out. Um, but I think we knew they were going to have their hands full. The back-to-back, the, this is the most recent game they played as we sit here now in Calgary on the Sunday, play in Vancouver the night before, lose two hours, the time change, Daily savings, and all that crap. Sure enough, they find themselves down 2-0, seven and a half minutes in the game. They fight their way back to tie it. But is there an issue? Like, the last three games they played in Calgary, they've given up 20 goals. (laughs) Seven, seven, and six. That's my Tolman high, very basic math. Um, Well, do we think, is there an issue with them playing in that building? The last three games haven't gone very well.
2: Well, I hate to distill it all down to goaltending, but the the first of those games was the Golden Knights had clinched and had nothing to gain. Right, the
0: lineup was not
2: meaningless, meaningless. from that game yeah, and last game uh, of the regular season. Yeah, and Mark Henry Fleury was just kind of, you know, getting his game back into shape right. or going through the motions, uh, going through the motions. And then the last two, and I don't mean any disrespect, Malcolm Subban started in both of those games, and there are both situations where. Uh, you know, listen, I don't think Malcolm has been, they've done any favors in terms of setting him up to succeed. I know it's the job, but when you only start 12 games a year in a season and they're very spread out... Like at least if you play 20, 25 games, at some point in time you're going to go through a period where you're going to get a little bit more frequency and you're going to get a foundation. Malcolm Subban has not had a foundation this year. He's never got to that point where he's played enough hockey where he could, you know, get into a rhythm. And I and I think that that, you know, the first goal, okay, I won't fault him on that one. The second goal, you can't let that one in, and uh, you know, I just
0: you let in six. It's tough to win. And, of course, the game that you mentioned, Dave, that was requiring a comeback against Florida, that Mm -hmm. was also the one where Malcolm Subban had started at home. Now, Subban's record at home has been terrific. His record on the road is not good. He's got only one win on the road, and he only has one home loss in his Golden Knights career. Um, How much the uh, unfriendly environment plays a role in Malcolm Subban's play, hard to really grasp. And it's also worth mentioning to your point, Gary, about Subban. Remember that he was unavailable for about a month. Max Legacy had to get in a game. You wonder in that period of time, if Subban were healthy, might he have played not just one, but maybe two or three games in that period, and then might have been a little bit sharper here of late. You know, Marc-Andre Fleury had a streak of 200 minutes plus without giving up a goal. Back-to-back shutouts. You know, he it's hard to not use him when he's playing that well. Of course, when you have back-to-back, it makes sense, uh, obviously, to start Subban in, in one of those games. And there are a couple of more coming up. I mean, you have this lull right now with four days between games, but that's it. Uh, The last dozen are are pretty condensed, so you'd certainly think Malcolm Subban's going to get some starts, but you wonder, can you get those starts at home where he seems to have had more success?
1: Well, he's given up, Dan, to your point. uh, He's given up ten goals in his last two starts. Gave up five to Florida, five to Calgary. The last one was an empty netter. Right. Uh, You know, they've got two more back-to-backs here. So this coming weekend, um, play Sunday at home against Edmonton, and go and to uh, Calgary. Uh, I'm sorry, go to San, Jose, San Jose, play Jose Monday, and then later on in the month, home against Minnesota. Then go to San Jose again. Ironically yeah. enough, those are the two back-to-backs. Look down the, and I'd be curious to see how they kind of divvy this up down the stretch in the final dozen games, the goaltending duties. Um, I thought if the Golden Knights really had a chance to catch Calgary, they had to win that game Sunday in regulation. Right. They right. would have got to within six. Two weeks ago, Calgary was 16 points up. They had lost four in a row. The Golden Knights had ripped off six straight. The Golden Knights had made up a lot of ground. Ten points now with 12 to go. Yeah. So the point being, I think they're kind of where they've been at for a while, which is in third place. Um, I think they've got to try to figure a way here to get Fleury some more rest. Maybe Subban can work out some of the issues with this game here over the final 12. I'd be curious to see yeah, how they divide all that and
0: up. And, you know, it just, teams going in opposite directions entering that Calgary game. I mean, Calgary had only scored five goals over a four-game losing streak. Zero wins in regulation in four games. That hadn't happened all year. They had one other streak, winless in four, but they were 0-2-2. In fact, that streak preceded a seven-game winning streak. But we know the numbers and how that top-line production had just dropped off a cliff, and then all of a sudden, they score five goals plus an empty netter. Uh, Matthew Kachuk has the hat-trick against the Golden Knights. Meanwhile, you know Vegas, which had been so good in dominating in scoring chances— it was kind of the other way against Calgary. So it, there are a number of factors in there again uh, when we think back about that loss in Calgary that Malcolm Subban suffered in in Arizona in uh, right before the Arizona win it was that 7 to 2 loss in Calgary. Uh, I think that Subban was kind of far down on the list on the culprits. I mean the team did not show up to play that day. So it's sometimes easy to pin it on a goaltender but sometimes we let a goaltender off a, off the hook too so it's hard to say but as you point out down the stretch how many more games can Malcolm get
1: well the Sheriff Lawless Some Guy named Dave podcast hashtag SLGND coming to you from the great D Hotel in downtown Las Vegas and the podcast brought to you by our friends at Finley Automotive, Jaguar Acura, Lincoln and Chevy the great people over at Finley Auto be sure to pay them a visit alright let's take a look guys around the NHL We've talked a lot about Golden Knights, Western Conference. How about around the league a little bit in the East? Yeah, the Boston Bruins just go 19 in a row with points, the longest stretch they've had in forever. Uh, but at Tampa Bay, far and away, has been you know the best team in the league all year. Um, they, they went into Toronto as we sit here last night. And beat the Leafs six to two. Yeah, made yeah. it look easy doing it. John Cooper's now trying
0: to come up with ways to excuse the other teams' losses yeah. against yeah. his club.
1: Yeah, they <laughs> had played out west. They came home first yeah, game. Like, like, oh, they were in a tough spot. You know, but Tampa, think of if you're
2: Toronto, you're probably getting Boston in the first round, and you're probably getting Tampa in the second round.
1: Yeah, Tampa now fifty three wins at one hundred and ten points. Um, they've been unbelievable all year. I guess the question is, are they unbeatable? Does anyone give them a run for their money? Once the playoffs begin, a month from now.
2: Their worst month of the season was January. They went six and four to ninety-eight point points. <laughs> <Gosh.
0: laughs> Holy cow!
1: They think
2: stink.
0: of that.
1: They stink.
0: You know. You know. I, Andre Vasilevsky's had a very good year, and we'll I'm sure talk more about him as uh, we close in on the the rest of the season here and where he fits among the best goalies in the league. He's probably had the best season. Is he hot at the right time? You know, we know that a lot of times. I mean, you got a Tampa team that you know scores a ton of goals, right? Um, but a lot of times they are outscoring opponents. Andre Vasilevsky is terrific, but if there is a if there is a way for another team to get in Tampa's way, it could be catching Vasilevsky at a rough spot and maybe find a way to to instead of scoring five goals a game, keep him to three, and then maybe you, you've got a chance. And then you wonder about the matchups in that division. You know how does it work out? You know, to me, the team that plays them in the second round, like, can, like the first round is going to be tough, right? It's whether yeah. it's Toronto, Boston, whoever. The, you know that that team in the second round, whoever it ends up being, that's going to be to me the teams that's going to have the best shot yeah. because Tampa theoretically, uh, you know, will have a, a, a tough match. There, those are you know, it's it's not just that conference that division has probably the three best teams in Tampa. Yeah, Boston, t- someone's
2: going to do them a favor in the first round.
0: Right, yeah, right. right.
2: Eliminating, you know, either Toronto or Boston. And then, yeah, that second round will be, uh, well, much like it was for Vegas last year when they got, when they caught San Jose, uh, prior to to the Stanley Cup, like, well, now the Winnipeg-Nashville, whoever they were going to face, they eventually faced Winnipeg. Those were, uh, that was no slouch, but, uh, and I don't, and I would imagine, you know, if it's Washington or... Pittsburgh, Columbus, whoever they meet, uh, Islanders, the Islanders in that uh, in, in the in the conference final. If they get there, that won't be an e- easy series either. But uh, yeah, I definitely think uh, the second round will be will be the scariest one for Tampa.
1: If it ends right now, and it doesn't, by the way, just a quick disclaimer: <laughs> Tampa Bay will play Columbus in the first round. That's not, and I know Columbus has scuffled, and I think it would be. Talk about a hell of a story yeah. if after all these moves the Blue Jackets made, they missed the playoffs. They're tied for the final spot right now with Montreal. Just my two cents, I think when it's all said and done, Columbus finds a way to get in. But it's you know Columbus at 79, Montreal at 79, the Flyers are at 76. Um, still kind of knocking on the door, but probably kind of a remote chance that they get in. But And sometimes I think too, Dan, it's most teams that that make a long run in the playoffs. Somewhere along the way, they have a quick series, you know, and it, like happened for Vegas. Yes. Now, last year with Washington, I'm trying to think. They had the fight like hell to beat Columbus. I was going to say round. Columbus. I mean, Columbus looked to be on yes. track to win that series. They had to come back. Uh, Who they? Oh, they had to beat Pittsburgh. in round two, their arch nemesis. Then they they found a way to kind of get over that hurdle. They were down three games to do against Tampa Bay yeah right and then shut out Tampa Bay in games six and seven so last year for them was kind of a little bit maybe of a of an anomaly they didn't really have any but most teams that make somewhere along the way is a four or five game series to kind of save some of your so, some of your energy uh, for that long run
2: to so that point Vegas had too many short series last yes. year yes because like the, you know, at the end of the day when the when the Stanley Cup final started they hadn't played enough hockey they were. They. they there had been like a three-week period where they'd only played five games, and it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't conducive to them peaking
0: the way. It was. Right. Washington and the, the, and the Washington. time off and helped. The time between games helped Washington. That's to me not to rehash the Cup yes. final, yeah. but all of a sudden, instead of one travel day, you're getting two. Yeah. Uh, and that, that that Cup final, there were several days even for the Capitals to regroup. I think mean, again, that's uh, you know neither here nor there any longer. But I think that that uh, changed the complexion of the Knights' momentum and hurt the Knights, but helped the Caps. So, yeah.
1: the best of the rest. All right. So let's so Tampa Bay. Top of the field.
0: Yeah, your fewest games to 110 points in a season. Uh, 110 points, the record. Montreal Canadiens did it in 67 games back in 76-77. But go back, the most recent team, the Detroit Red Wings, got to 110 points in 69 games in 96. In other words, in terms of accumulating points, standings
1: points, this is the best team in 22 years it's unbelievable it's how, how good they've been yeah. Yeah. and, and, and the, the amazing thing about all that Dan is if they don't win it and it's hard oh. to win it it's hard to win the whole thing yeah. yeah it's hard to get through a couple of rounds you know mm-hmm. getting to the conference final is a hell of an accomplishment yeah if they don't win it uh-huh. All these numbers. Let's say they they got twelve games to go. Let's say they go six and four. They pick up another dozen points. They end up with one hundred and twenty-two. If they don't win, doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean anything. No, no, no. The best,
2: nothing. And they, and they got the best power play in the league. They got the best penalty kill in the league. Like you just go through it. Like, they they are, are plus eighty-nine in the whole differential. Just, yeah, it's, it's like plus
0: eighty-nine. The
2: closest is Toronto at plus forty-seven. That's it's yeah.
1: bizarre. And they are now that Washington won it obviously last year. To me, Tampa Bay is the best team that has not won in the last. You know, they were oh four they, since 4 so it was fifteen yeah. years now. You know, San Jose, um, they were kind of in that, and they still are because they haven't won it. They went to the final a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Tampa went in fifteen against Chicago, I think it was. But in terms of teams that have had really good regular seasons, Tampa in the East, anyways, is the, the best team. That, and it could very yeah. well just be that. It is their year. It is their yeah, time. Well, yeah, they, they finally but, got everybody
0: healthy. I mean, yeah. remember, Stamkos had been out for long stretches, two different seasons. Well, one year they did get to the Stanley Cup final, but everything seems to finally be in place. And uh, John Cooper, now the longest tenured head coach in the National Hockey League.
1: It's five, six years, right? March of 13? 13. Six yeah. years, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. What you mm-hmm. think about that. Like, <laughs> that's not that long. <laughs> a... Let me ask you this Can Washington win it again? They've won nine of their last ten. They've kind of stumbled along for a good portion of the season. you know there was a stretch right around the the all-star break by week where they were kind of definitely going in the right dire- the wrong direction. They figured it out. you know can they I think so. I do
0: too. I think so. It, it, it's hard to underestimate the value of getting there yeah and yeah. they know how to do it now uh, and, and so much of that team is the same now worth pointing out, it's a different head coach. You know, Barry Trotz is no longer there. They seem to have figured things out without him. But uh, it's also the kind of the way that they play. It it seems, you know, and and of course the Golden Knights got to see it up up close and personal, um, that the way that they beat the Golden Knights in the final seems to be a strong recipe for postseason success. Um, You know, it's not a high-flying, you know, speedy, all-over-the-place kind of Tampa Bay Lightning uh, success. It's a little bit different. So uh, I, I see no why, re- no reason why they. Uh, if, if if there is some kind of a matchup between the Lightning and the Capitals, there is that experience factor of Washington having been there last year.
1: All right. I'll go to the other. I'm sorry, Gary. Not at jump. all. Oh, okay.
0: Just okay. I, I've had I've heard a lot of coaches
2: talk about this time of the season. There's a point where the team takes over. And yeah. obviously, there are still you know some, some important coaching decisions to be made, some bench management, but sort of the overall operation and the the running of the of the team, the players sort of take that over, and 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 they hold one account one another accountable. Not game to game, shift to shift. Like if there's a if you've got the right group and they've set that high enough standard for themselves and they are buying into it, when there's a bad shift, they're you know it, it's it's rectified on the bench immediately and it's done by the players, not the coach and that makes that makes you really wonder about Washington if they cannot do it, if they can do it because they're they've hit the stride at the right moment and that uh, suggests to me that they've you know kind of found that mojo again and uh, I think Todd Reardon is um, certainly, Effective enough as a head coach to win the Stanley
0: Cup. I just think that the players are driving the bus right now and that's a good sign for them I mean, how often do you see the reigning cup champion leading its division? But not in the discussion for favorites to win the Stanley Cup. Everybody's looking at Tampa Tampa Bay But uh, why not the Washington Capitals the
1: Islanders have been first place in that division all year? They're only two points back now, but Washington's ripped off seven in a row and nine out of ten a thought on teams on the fringe is Carolina get in? Right now, they're in. Right? So Carolina's got the longest current drought. They have not made it in a decade. Right? Right now, they've got themselves a four-point cushion to get in the playoffs. Um, I'll answer my own question. I think they get in. I, I think four points at this time of year is a pretty yeah. good. Gap. And they don't have a wild card spot. They've got one of the divisional, yeah, third spots. In the uh, third so, in
0: the metro. So there're fewer teams to worry about there. Right. Well, so, so if, if if you're going to bring that
2: question up, there's a, obviously the important the next question is, do they have their storm surge celebration <laughs> in the playoffs if if they do get in?
1: Oh yeah, I I, I can't see how they wouldn't. Do it now, Absolutely. right? They've been doing it all year. Well, Don
2: Cherry said there are a bunch of jerks, bunch
1: of jerks. and they That's better right. not do it in the playoffs. Yeah. So, um, I don't know if they really care much. About it. No, <laughs> I don't think so. I, you said I, I that. think that they're they they waiting made for him. about him. Yeah, they did him
0: a, he did him a favor. They're hoping that he says more things like that, so they've got more marketing uh,
1: yeah. attention. Wow.
0: So one of the so,
1: so somebody
2: so is the so is hockey night in Canada. Yeah. yeah,
1: somebody's gonna miss. To me, Columbus, Montreal, Pittsburgh's made a little bit of a push. Right, they've got a four point cushion right yeah, now. And,
0: and frankly, Carolina and Pittsburgh have the same point total right. for third in the division or the first wild card spot, one or the so other. So they're
1: more than likely. Yeah. Right? More than likely there. And they both have thirteen uh, games left. Is, I mean Montreal
0: Philly's not, you know, they're maybe. three points behind the Canadiens. I mean it's you're
1: likely looking at the blue jackets or the Canadians for the second yeah, wild card three spot. Three points isn't a lot, but it might you know, three yeah. point games this time of year. Yeah. So that's in the east. In the West do the Arizona Coyotes get in the playoffs? Now, last night they got shellacked 7 1 by Chicago. But that being said, they had won 11 of their previous 14 games. They are one point out of the playoff spot right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Minnesota. No Auntie Ranta, yeah. no Derek Stepan. They've had key guys out all year, and they've done a hell of a job hanging in there. They
0: sure I mean, right now, if if you're. Which team is more intriguing to you to make the Stanley Cup playoffs, the Minnesota Wild or the Arizona Coyotes? Oh, it's no
1: question, Arizona. right? No Obvious. question about Yeah, it, yeah, yeah.
0: So uh, that that haven't made it in seven years. Does Colorado have a, a last rush in them? Like that's, I mean, of all the success they had early in the season, all the goals that they've scored, they seem to not find a way to put it together again. They're they're on the fringe too. I mean, they'd have to go. Uh, they'd have to finish strong here, and they have been sort of waffling. They've been win one, lose one over the last little bit, and frankly, over the last long while, Colorado hasn't really strung it together.
1: I love the fact that we're down to the final; it's less than a month into the season, and they're still outside of Tampa Bay, winning the Presidents' Trophy. There's so much stuff. Yeah, I mean, look to what still St. St. Louis did,
0: of course, to put itself in a playoff position. I don't think that we anticipated that in the beginning part of the year. And the other thing is this, Dave. And, and this is why I, I understand why people critique the playoff system as not being fair. at I don't care if it's fair or not. This is fantastic. If you were to make it a straight one through eight, none of this discussion that we have right now would be worth anything, or at least would be worth much less. It, it is worth recognizing while from a Vegas standpoint, it's unlikely that you'd move out of a playoff spot. Also likely that you'd move up to second or even first place. But the points are meaningful when you examine potential Western Conference final opponents and even Stanley Cup final opponents if you're thinking about home ice. Uh, It turned out the Knights did not have home ice in the Western Conference final and they won it. They did have home ice advantage in the Stanley Cup final and lost it. So uh, we've talked often about how the Knights won their first three series clinching on the road, but still, you'd prefer home ice. And so the points right now, you know, when you look at the other teams uh, in the central division, you're not competing with them for a spot, but you sure like to have more points to have home ice advantage if you you were to get to the Western Conference final.
1: You're right. Like the wild card and, you know, similar, I guess in a way, in baseball, putting the wild card in all those years ago, now they have a play-in game in baseball. Like, yeah. You know, tangent. But well, for all those years in baseball, it was the American League and the National League, and That's that it. was it. Ever, <laughs> the Yankees went to the World Series every year because right. they were the best. I teams. love that.
0: You know, the playoff stats when you they, go back and look at the not. early days of baseball, there were no playoff stats. No. There were World Series That's stats. Right. That's as we're comparing, you know, Babe Ruth's playoff stats against right. modern players,
1: it's he had you know, one playoff series. Yeah. It no just, division, just happened to be every year. No division series. No didn't no come along '69. Did that, they have multiple stuff, rounds? So. Well, no, it's been fantastic. That uh, And even in even in the Pacific Division. I mean, as we sit here right now, San Jose's put together a real good one, run. They've won five in a row. Calgary just ended the losing streak against the Golden Knights the other night. Yeah. But they're only a point apart in terms of who's going to who's gonna be first and, right. and get a wild card team in the first round and who's going to place Vegas in the first and
0: round. And in terms of the straight conference standings, forget divisions for a moment. Sharks, number one. Calgary, number two. Jets are three at 84 points. Nashville, four, 83 points. And Vegas is fifth at 81 points. So, in other words, and what I was just talking about in terms of the conference final home ice advantage, right now, if you're thinking about, hey, might the Knights play Nashville, might the Knights play Winnipeg, right now, both the Jets and the Predators would have home ice over the Golden Knights if the season were to end today. And as Dave told us earlier, it does not. Yeah.
2: Uh, listen, I think that y- y- what happened early on in the season is... It is what it is. They're in that. They're in that position, and uh, you, they're not going to have it in the opening round. They're not probably not going to have it in the second round. Maybe in the Western Conference, and who knows about the Stanley Cup Final? But if it's yeah. Tampa, <laughs> certainly not.
1: No, no. Well, time now for our Guests of the Day here on the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Day podcast. Hashtag slg and brought to you by Rock Creek Cattle Company. It's a hidden gem located in the heart of Montana. If you want to escape the bright lights, discover Big Sky Mant- Montana and check out Rock Creek Cattle Company at rockcreekcattlecompany.com. Who else as Guests of the Day but Derek Stevens from the D-Hotel, runs the whole show. Runs a lot of shows, but uh, he's, <laughs> he's freed up a little bit of his busy schedule to visit with us. What are you up to today, Derek? What's what's shaking? Well, great to see you guys. This is here. uh This
3: is becoming regular booth here at Andiamo. I like it. I like it. We're getting, there's there's we're no there's no food on
2: the table, Derek. No, no, that's true. That's true. This is a podcast. <laughs> many over no here.
3: Everybody's thinking, oh, what
1: kind of steak you got? <laughs> I like the meatballs too. The meatballs yeah, are yeah. fantastic. Oh, yeah. we,
2: I got to tell you guys, I popped in recently. Uh, I had a, a buddy of mine who uh, went to high school with Darren Banks. And then went to university with me. You can imagine how poor his his education uh, was. First Banksy, <laughs> and then guy. me. Like it was <laughs> lose lose. Anyway, a lot accomplished. Uh, and, he stayed at the D for a few days, and I and he said, texted me after one of our games and said, "I'm at the Long Bar, come by." So I swing by, and uh, lo and behold, Derek is there with, the, uh, and it's like you'd think you know after a long day you could go and maybe have a drink and relax but derek is like entertaining a uh, hundred people there they all want a piece of him, <laughs> and finally he's like hey come on let's go so we jump in one of the uh, one of the d limos and go over to the golden gate another one of his, his spots that's the first casino he ever bought isn't it that's right that's yeah. the first casino first casino ever in vegas oldest building in vegas and my first
3: casino here right wow.
2: so we swing over there and hang there for a little while and it's actually i had never been before it's it's the coolest room it's uh kind of a lower ceiling and they've uh, they've taken the the stamped tin uh, ceiling tiles and refurbished them and it's just it's it's retro beautiful it was, I, I really enjoyed it but the best part was is that there was no one else there so I just got to hang with Derek for uh, for half an hour an hour we shot the uh, breeze and it was it was a lot of fun I really enjoyed that thanks very much that was much. fun that was a good little kidnapping there Gary yes. okay. come on Gary just follow me don't no worry goes wrong. where right. are we going I'm like, he's like I gotta take you and then he stopped talking and someone else intercept? And I'm like... All right,
1: he, uh, he uh, you know uh, he's Derek. He's a, a good guy. Was, uh, what the hell's going on here?
2: <laughs> so,
1: uh, well, we had a lot of was fun. fun. That was great. Yeah. Thanks for coming. I've never over been there. over there, Dan. Have you ever been invited over? You ever been taken hostage by Derek and brought over there? Not, no, yet. not yet. Oh, well, we look not, forward I, to see I, after I, the next home game. I, that's
0: right. Yeah, but it's it's funny, Derek, because you know we were heading up to Vancouver and then uh, twice against the Canucks in the last few days. So, uh, just in terms of preparation, I find myself listening to radio stations in the city of the team that we're playing. And wouldn't you know, I heard some folks in Vancouver on the radio talking about having come to the D. Really? Like that. Oh, yeah. that's oh. like And, and the, the one fella uh, is, had been here almost a dozen times. And, how you know, hockey's a thing, of course, now, but this is someone who'd come here even before uh, the Golden Knights. So it was really interesting to hear people talking about our home here at the D on a radio station in Vancouver. Well, uh, I'm going to
2: double down. We were at Bob Seeger, Gosher and I, not too long ago. And, of course, he's from, uh, I think he's from Ann Arbor, actually, isn't he? Yeah, but yeah. Uh, the Detroit area. And all these people were behind us, were yelling, Detroit, Detroit. Finally, I turned around. I go, you guys stand at the D?
1: Where else? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, that's, that's good stuff. Go. Should have had Bob Seger stay over here. Oh, you know what I mean? Sound. That would have yeah. been great. Working on the night moves. You know the song, don't you? I sing oh, yeah. occasionally. Derek, I've been, I've been known to sing on the on the television show every once <laughs> in a Dave's while. Dave's breaking out the singing. Yeah, so I sang out. against the wind a little bit of against the wind because we were in. Uh, oh, it's still the day after the show. We were we had a game uh, Sunday afternoon game against Vancouver. That's right, where the Golden Knights dominated for the most part, and there was kind of a dead spot in the third period. There wasn't anything going on. So I said to Shane, "Did I tell you I went to Bob Seger last night?" Well, I told Shane twelve times I'd been to Bob Seger, but for TV purposes, he played along. So I started singing "Against the Wind," and we started to get some tweets from the people that uh, uh, they enjoyed that. Yes, so enjoyed probably, tolerated probably. something. you get uh, a little bit of that Dave? Well, I just did.
2: <laughs> you were singing something the other night, and uh, there was a uh, it was against Colorado, and there was a quick scoring chance, and. You know, you were able to. Oh, I had to get it. It was you, night moves. You, was, <laughs> yes. you got out of it. I, of it. I think you were telling me that you were going to go see Seeger. Oh. Uh, and, or I forget yes. what you were singing anyway. Oh, but you no. What out.
1: it was it was you were in Colorado. And Seeger had played there the night before. Oh, oh yes. So the the I ice we thought was maybe a little, you know, softer, yeah. bouncy, right? That's right. That's right. So I said, Well, Shane, Bob Seeger played there last night. And I sang just literally night moves, like literally sang just the, the, the chorus. <laughs> so then, like two weeks later, I said, Well, Gary and I and a bunch of people were at Bob Shiger for the next the next day game. There you go. So uh, I don't know whether it produces annoyment or or enjoyment for Shane. Uh, probably annoyment. Is, but I don't really care. <laughs> is
2: is March your biggest month? Oh, for sure! Uh, this, you, get, you get the final oh, it's four all going, casino right? Casino
1: business.
3: Uh, March is month number one of uh, of the year. October is number two, but March is a clear, clear number one uh, month of the year.
2: But you get like for you personally, you getting really involved in the fi- in the in the March Madness, and uh, like last year, you had thirty seven grand or something riding on a for a, is that how much it was? Uh, a little more. A little yeah, more. A <laughs> yeah, Oh no! The, but on one particular bet, you. Oh had,
3: yeah, yeah. One particular bet. Well, we. We had the bet. We had the bet on Michigan. I bet. Uh, I bet Tillman Fertitta. You know, the owner of uh, the Golden Nugget right next door, and owner of the Houston Rockets. And uh, I bet him uh, and forty to one. So I, I bet to win a million on Michigan. Okay. And uh, you know, they made it to the final game. We were able to hedge out, so we did okay. So uh, mm. we got within a game of a million. So it was. Wow. Uh, it was pretty cool. So
2: the, you just said hedge out. I learned that from you. And this year at the Super Bowl, we had a Super Bowl party. And we, we bought squares. And my square, heading towards halftime, 90 square was starting to look really good. Okay. So I walked up to him and I said, uh, I'll give you 50 right now for a half, of, half of that winnings if your square comes out. I think it was 150. And he looked at it and he said, okay, I'm in. Yeah, great. So I, so I, I, I got my square money back, but late in the game. Gosher is sitting on the square to for the for the, the big enchilada, like 500, 600 bucks. How much was it? Six. Six. So I tried to get him to hedge out and he wouldn't. Oh. And then to make it even worse, him and I and I go for a beer later and we said, Well you're buying, you missed your money bags. <laughs> He gets in a conversation with somebody, and it's not that he's cheap; he's really cheap. <laughs> he's in this conversation, so my cup is dry, and I'm kind of like, "Am I gonna like go interrupt them?" Or so I end up going, "I." I Cost me a whole bunch of money. I cause, didn't because so he, he was being friendly.
1: Yeah, I'm a, I'm a man of the people, you know how it is, Derek. And I wasn't hedging crap, it was a chance for me to win 600 bucks. Yeah, let me roll. I was, I would have done the same thing. I did game. buy Shane dinner the next night, which was, was nice. Me, texted me, texted me after the fact, after <laughs> after,
2: after the <laughs> hey, Gary, where are you? And I'm like in the hotel lobby bar waiting for them to come grab me,
1: oh, okay, to take me out for dinner. No, I was, I was full didn't mad. happen. I was full. I was already had already had dinner.
2: So, mm. t- tell us about March Madness and how you're getting psyched up for that. Well, I mean, you know, it starts. It starts with all the all the basketball
3: conference tournaments. I think there's eight conference tournaments for basketball in town in Vegas here. You know, last week, this week coming up, and then uh, we roll into uh, Sunday, a Selection Sunday, and then the tournament kicks off uh, with these couple playing games starting Tuesday night, and then. Uh, Oh, boy the next uh, the next 19 days are just just crazy just great for Vegas and uh, I mean it's also great for the pools weather you know the the pool season now started up here I know it's still a little chilly in the in, in Canada and in, the, in the in the East Coast but uh, to think that the pool season's kicking in so there's just so much going on in Las Vegas this is the time uh, time it really gets fired up
2: will circa have a
3: pool? Um, no, it'll have many pools, Gary. many, many <laughs> plurals. That's right.
2: It's called the softball there. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate. that. I tried to lock the, hit that one back up. Yeah,
3: it's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be the uh, what we're considering to be, hopefully, the uh, the best pool um, and pool scene. In uh, anywhere in uh, North America, awesome. So it's uh, it's it's going to be pretty spectacular. You know, if you need some, if
2: you need to uh, attract some people, I could come down and
1: uh, and work (laughs) really. There'll be racing down
2: there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right. They'll be breaking speed records to get down there to see the (laughs)
2: lava. Listen, that that was obviously uh, Uh, facetious, but Dave, you like to.
1: uh, you like the beach. Oh, I do. I'm a man of the sea. I'm a man of the ocean. But I grew up, you know, on right the East Coast. So, yeah. But I'd love to come down. And uh, I swim. I was a lifeguard six summers in a row. So, that, that won't maybe help. I could do a little summer work. Really. I could twirl the whistle. The yeah. one guy you know that could mean? actually
2: help the pool see night, he isn't here today. So, we'll speak for him. He'll come
1: yeah.
0: down. And I'll tell well, you, Derek, the, the, the first time I ever visited Las Vegas back in the college days, Syracuse basketball was playing. And I remember that that was the attraction. You know, come out. Here, there was a bachelor party involved. There was a pool involved, and college basketball was involved. I, that sounds like a trifecta. <laughs>
3: yeah, we're uh, we're gonna we're gonna announce the name of it uh, of the of the pool uh, shortly. But uh, nice. you know, for those who haven't seen the renderings, it's a big tiered, almost like an outdoor outdoor theater. Six pools, all tiered, with uh, the world's largest outdoor uh, outdoor video screen. So there's a right. lot of sports component
0: associated with yeah, this. Yeah, we like and, that Golden Knights and the uh, image on that video. Yeah. That's right. For we sure. use the Golden Knights image. Yeah, on it. we like That's that. Right.
1: So, it, so the Golden Knights games would be on there. Absolutely. Now, yeah. So, I, but if you could see Shane and I already have enough trouble. What we, we need all the makeup we 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 could possibly <laughs> on a screen. How big's the screen going to be? Oh, it's going to be uh, 125
3: feet wide. So what does oh that come out gosh. to? Like Something like uh, 100 170-foot
0: diagonal yeah, or something like so that. that? That's, that's what, what Shane and so, I looking for. So if you can I change the channel when face. we're
1: on camera, <laughs> <laughs> and then when the game starts, you can put the game back on. That, yeah, I mean, that we way that, way we don't need that. Dave and Shane, come on. <laughs> um, how's it coming along? So in terms of construction and everything else? Good. Construction
3: and, started last month, and yeah. uh, we've got a crew uh, that's all assembled, and uh, they're, they're working and pouring... Uh, Pouring foundations, pouring uh, caissons, and uh, where we're moving forward.
1: So you're going to announce
3: the name of the pools. next? We're going to announce the name of the pool the and pool. all the restaurants. We're gonna, oh, we've yeah. got uh, we've got about 20 months before it opens. We're yeah, going to yeah, open yeah. in December of 2020. Okay. And we are going to roll out a little bit, uh, you know, every few months with a little more information. Nice. On
1: what's going on? I think you should save that for the podcast. But, but you know, know. I used to announce it Make here. Make the announcement on our podcast. Right here, podcast, we, right here. Can, podcast. we can
2: maybe
3: figure that I out.
1: I, figure I don't that. want to see any maybe other information. Maybe the sports book. Maybe the sports book. Yeah. No, we can, we can I do want to the see information book. just kind of trickling out elsewhere. I'd like it done right yeah. here. If you, this is is
2: you, if you go out the the. Um, one of the exits of the D, you can walk across and and actually look out and see the hole that they've dug for Circa. Yeah. And, oh yes. And the yeah. work has started to uh, uh, started. To, you took me. That was part of the that was part of the kid. Part of the, part <laughs> of the awesome you, yes.
3: yes. Wanted to give you a little uh, little sh- show of uh, where, where we're doing what it. But what? yeah, you could you could find it. Um, it's on CircaLasVegas.com and there's a little video of when uh, we rolled the name out and everything, uh, so people could take a look.
2: What uh, what is the arrival of Mark Stone? Do for uh, do for the Golden Knights as uh, as we get ready for the playoffs.
3: Well, obviously, you know I'm a fan, and uh, to see this, I, I I don't know how you really call it a second line, but boy, oh boy, you know Gary, it, it it dovetailed with you know the the trade happened shortly right right after you came down to down and we hung out down at Long Bar. We we did this little tour. That that was the night that you told me that Coach Gallant had uh, had had. Um, a little bit of a fire up meeting in the locker room after that after that particular game the mark stone trade happens and then boy they go on a run and they look good I mean uh, both games against Vancouver were, were, were really dom- dominant dominant games and really until this last game in calgary and there were a lot of lot a lot of unique things about 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 that trip uh, but boy the, I mean the golden Knights look look as, as good as any team um you know maybe the Bruins recently been playing really really yeah, yeah. well but uh, the golden Knights since this Mark stone trade, have been really uh, amazing
2: yeah for me the they it pushed them into contender status in the west and uh, I think you'll worry about the east if you if you get there because uh, Boston as good as Boston is to me it's Tampa and the rest, you know, really when you look at the at the at the East, so we'll see how that all unfolds. But actually, Stone has uh, has really pushed Vegas back into the conversation.
3: I, I think the, the the timing of the trade and what happened after the trade, the the general uh, Las Vegas fan, um, there's an element where it just seems like everyone everyone's always been invigorated, but they're reinvigorated. And There's a new new level of excitement where where it seems like the Vegas. Golden Knight fans just went into the next gear here and uh, ready for this last month of the season and then ready for playoffs.
1: I think it's amazing, Derek, and we talked about it at the time of the um, of the trade for Stone, that in even since the Cup Final in early June, since then, you think about what they've done. They go out and they add Paul Stastny as a free agent, they trade for Max Pacioretty, and then they trade for, for Mark Stone. I, I just love the fact that George McPhee, Kelly McCrimmon... And obviously, at the top of all that is Bill Foley. They're willing to go after it. You know, they're going after it. You know, it, it all changed. You know, let's face it. Last year, you couldn't in a hundred lifetimes, you never would have thought they would have had a season like that their first year. So that's it's accelerated everything. You know, whereas are you, let's see how they are for the first few years, draft, develop, build through that. You know, the whole cup in six or whatever and, you know, playoffs in three. Well, that's that went on warp speed last year, and it's continued to go on warp speed ever since then.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think, the, you know, the day of the trade, I would say initially – there were an awful lot of people that were had had a bit of a concern, like oh, everyone started getting a little excited about Frank yeah, and everything yeah. like that. And we know there was a lot to give up, but boy, when Mark Stone came in, um, you know that that that's that's now in the rearview mirror. I mean, this is this is a fellow that I think uh, the fans and everyone in Las Vegas uh, is excited about. They're excited about buying. Uh, Buying somebody's jersey that's just signed an eight-year extension. I mean, uh, within the first within the first day, I saw Mark more Mark Stone jerseys than than, than anything. It was just amazing. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah.
1: You imagine? So I, I asked Shane this on TV the other day. You imagine signing a piece of paper that says seventy-six million dollars? It's gonna, you know. I mean, Gary knows what it's like, but most of us don't. You know what I mean? You imagine that? Like, first off, we knew it was going to work out for him in Ottawa. You know, they had a, you know. it they had talked term and money and all that in Ottawa, and I, I think, quite frankly, he didn't trust the direction the team was going. Why would you? The owner seems to not you know, know what's going on. I mean, it seems like it's off the rails. Well, then you get to come to Vegas... They get, you'd know this better than most of us, Gary. You get taxed to death in Canada, right? So I read somewhere he would have had to make the equivalent of thirteen million a year in playing for Ottawa to, to equal that nine and a half he's going to make here.
2: It's a big edge for the Golden Knights. Oh, oh huge, no state ju- income huge, ta- edge.
1: huge. Absolutely. No state income tax, quality of life, great climate, incredible fan base. Every night at T Mobile's off the hook,
0: and a, at a franchise management that has shown a willingness to right. do everything it takes to win. You know, yeah. and to be part of that. And it's, we, we hear it all the time. You know, players talk. Um, and, and it's, you know, veterans like, you know, Paul Stastny, who's 33 going on 34. You know, Pacioretty's 30, but Stone's 26. 20, I mean, the contract uh, be up when he's 34. I mean, think about what's going to happen between now and 20, you know, 20. Whatever year that works out to be, <laughs> eight years from now. Eight years from now. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Twenty-six. Thank you. Thank you, Gary.
2: <laughs> hey, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. You just
3: brought something up that I th- I think is pretty interesting. I was asked I was asked my opinion on uh, Bryce Harper. You know, Vegas, Vegas baseball, mm-hmm. Vegas kid signing with Philadelphia. And you know, at the at at right before signing, there were some rumors potentially San Francisco, potentially the LA Dodgers, then going to Philly. Well, I had to do a I had to do a little bit of a uh, tax discussion. If he would have signed with San Francisco, the difference between San Francisco and Las Vegas equates to thirteen percent of what someone's pays. This is a huge advantage for Las Vegas teams. Huge advantage for the Golden Knights when you're when you're when you're taking a look at competing against the L.A. Kings, against Anaheim, against San Jose. The California taxes have a huge impact on some of these guys, and I think that's something that's going to bode very very well for the Golden Knights going forward.
1: Thirteen percent of Three hundred and thirty million—that's what he signed oh, for. My goodness! <laughs> yeah. Wait, it's one thing. Hey, Mark Stone's 80, uh, what, 76 million is nothing to sneeze at. But imagine no. three hundred and thirty. Gosh! Losing thirteen percent of it.
2: Let me ask you this: You know, you're uh, obviously a man of means. What does it mean to you that you see Bill Foley? The first year of that contract is three million in salary and nine million in signing bonus. Like that's Bill's got to write that check on July one. There you go. What does it mean to you, as as a, a businessman and an owner, to see that kind of a commitment
3: from Bill Foley? Well, I mean it's great. I mean that that's the, that's the type of owner you want. When you're a fan, you know I I was very fortunate uh, growing up in Detroit. I got to be a fan of a team that had an owner that was. My, Mr. I, Mike Gillich, you know you want to be a fan of a team. I mean, it starts it starts at the top, and you have to have you have to have great president. You have to have great, great, um, you know the 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 hockey guys. You have to have great business guys, but you really got to have the support. It's the top of the pyramid. And and and, and as a fan, there, there's really nobody else that you would want. You want somebody that's passionate, somebody that has the ability to write a check, and somebody that wants to win. Yeah. So Bill Foley is just terrific for Las Vegas.
1: It's amazing, too, that, you know, the Red Wings have been around forever, but the Golden Knights have been around a year and a half. And here they are in, this, you know, they were one of the final two teams playing last year. And they're, you would hope they're going to be in the mix again this year. I think more than anything, Derek, teams, fans of teams, they just want to know they have a chance, right? You know, the Wings for all those years had, and I'm talking. Now, you, you could remember back when they were, you know, they drafted Steve Eiserman, they were the Dead Wings, right? They had no chance. It got considerably better after they they drafted him, but you know those great teams in the '90s and into the early 2000s and the later two, you know, 20, uh 2008 when they 2008 when they won it, you know, you just want to know that they they've got an opportunity to win, and I think it's amazing that for the Golden Knights, in the it really is a short period of time they've had a franchise that they are in all everything they do all areas of the organization they're in the maybe the exception of the tv and radio broadcast and that's a whole separate issue they're in the upper <laughs> echelon of the nhl which i think is pretty impressive
3: yeah i think i mean i think i think for las vegas i think the golden knights are terrific for las vegas and but i also think that that Las Vegas is great for the NHL because I think Las Vegas was a city and a community that that could have easily handled a professional sports team for a long, long time. But because you know there was more of a stigma upon upon gambling that everyone everyone stayed away. If it weren't for that, I think you know Vegas might have had its own sports team 20 years ago. But the fact that it didn't happen, there was so much pent up demand. The timing was just perfect and the stars aligned. It's great for hockey, great for Las Vegas, and uh, and. And uh, boy, it's been a lot of fun. It's been so much fun with this team.
1: All right, Derek, thanks so much. So we're ramping up here, March Madness, and uh, it would be a pretty busy time here at the D. Yeah, <laughs> I,
3: I have one other thing I wanted to throw an, and one little uh, one little side story out while you guys are working on your uh, on your Canadian trip. I want to tell you I had a, such a great time with uh, with a fella on the Golden Knights who did not make the trip. Every year um, I've been going to Summerland to Summerlin South Little League, and I throw out the first pitch there. We kind of sponsor all these little teams or. Seventy-seven teams, and we had a fellow from the Golden Knights that joined us. He
2: didn't. He didn't throw a first pitch out, though.
3: No, he did not I don't know. Maybe you guys have already talked about no. this. No no no. No. But, uh, no, no, no. tell us. I got to throw out the first pitch, but with Eric Holland and what such what a nice guy, you know. And, and for all the fans, he's walking around looking good and all that. Friendly kid, um, and, and all the little kids loved him. But very first time ever, someone actually um, took a wrist shot from the pitcher's mound, and he, and he basically <laughs> wrist shotted a strike to the catcher. And uh, the first time ever the opening pitch for Little League was uh, was a wrist shot from the mound. So Eric Collin did a hell of a nice job. That's, That's awesome. Stuff. Thanks, Derek. That's
1: great. Derek, thanks as always. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Always a great time to have Derek Stevens joining us here at the Andiamo Restaurant of the D Hotel. Our table for three in the uh, corner here with no uh, no Shane today with, I'm uh, not sure what he's doing, but a, a very busy man. But, <laughs> we'll have uh, him next time. Yeah, we'll have him here next time. Uh, Maybe. Yeah, yeah, God willing. <laughs> God willing, but anyways, we're going to get to our mailbag uh, part of the program here, and it's brought to you by the Foley Food and Wine Society. Bill and Carol Foley have created the Foley Food and Wine Society to celebrate three of their greatest passions in life: world-class wines, exceptional cuisine, and outstanding destinations. And they look forward to hosting you during your next visit. All right, Dan. So we've had um, we've had a lot of people chime in on the mailbag. Yeah. This time around, you've had to kind of um, navigate your way through. What's uh, what's at the top of your list? Yeah,
0: we, we've got quality and quantity in our questions so so we appreciate that when we were talking about standings and who's going to be in who's going to be out and uh, the first question from the mailbag i love this from our friends at sienna foods at sienna foods asking has any team ever made up an eight point deficit with 13 games left to make the playoffs that's part one. Part two is which team would you like the Knights to play in round one and why? But let's address <laughs> part one of of that question. And we, we have the answer thanks to uh, to Gary Lawless and Sage Sammons reaching out to the National Hockey League Statistic Department. And they provided the answer. So this is great. Here, here it is. Yes. And I'm reading again from uh, Brendan Crossman at the National Hockey League. Since 1921-22... No team has made the playoffs after facing an eight-point deficit with 13 or fewer games remaining. No team's ever done it. Two teams have reached the playoffs after overcoming a deficit of seven points in their final 13 games. Those were the 59 Leafs and the 08 Washington Capitals. That's um, that's one of the great a, questions
1: we've ever received. I think that's fantastic. A, that's a lot of points. Yeah. That, and that... So back in the back in the Leafs day, yeah. There were ties, but see so but you had no overtimes to get an extra couple of point, an extra point. You had no shootouts. That's pretty impressive. Right. Few teams to jump. You though. also had 6 teams. Right. That's the thing and for that's me. Fine, that's what makes
0: it impressive about the Capitals even though it's right. after some of the changes from the 0405 lockout there were more teams in 2008 and to me it's it's not just the point deficit it's the number of teams that theoretically would be in the mix right and so
2: the three point game is the yeah, major yeah. factor here yeah. right so uh,
1: toronto came back that year and they went to the cup final yeah they yeah. lost to montreal in 5 who the hell didn't lose to Montreal <laughs> back then? It was, they had was Montreal say, yeah. ripped off five in a row in those days. Yeah. I think uh, late fifties and the end of the early sixties. Yeah.
2: Well, you went to the Cup final. You had to win one series, yeah. right, to get That's to like the, the, the
1: final back then. American League, National League. Yeah. yeah. Much. yeah. Only that, two teams out of six didn't make it. Let's let's address the
0: second part of this question. And it's again, which team would you all like the Knights to play in round one, and why? And perhaps uh, that can be phrased slightly different. What's the more favorable? Matchup for the Knights in round one and one. and I on. go with
1: Calgary.
2: Yeah, I'd uh, have to go with Calgary too, although... Yeah. And as why? We, have we, as we've discussed, it's been a tough place for Vegas to play. I, I guess, you know, the goaltending in Calgary, I uh, I have to... Get, we haven't seen it in playoffs. Like, Mike Smith's played 19 playoff games, but hasn't played one in seven years. And David Riddick has never played in one at all. And... Yeah, I also think that Johnny Gaudreau, I'd like to see how his game holds up in the postseason when uh, the hockey takes uh, one more step of difficulty.
1: Imagine that Calgary's won one playoff series since going to the Cup Final in 2004. One in 15, well, we'll say 14 years because we're not in the, the 2019 playoffs yet. I think for some of the reasons that Gary said as well, um, I'll tell you what concerned me a little bit was, so that top line for, for Calgary's been quiet, right? Goudreau, Monaghan, and Lindholm. The game the Golden Knights played up there on Sunday night, it was Kachuk, Backlund, and Froelich that had huge games. I think they all had three-point games. Kachuk had a hat trick, so, you know, their their ability to get some scoring from some other players, you know, it, for the most part of the season, it's been that top line in Kachuk, but um, that's a little bit concerning. I, I think... And I'm going to speak just purely from kind of what we do. I think it would be a kick to go to Calgary. Playoffs, Canadian City. You know, we experienced San Jose last year, which was great. But I think to in that building, the Sea of Red, in the postseason, I think that would be a lot of fun. Hey,
2: like Winnipeg in the Western Conference final That was awesome, too. It was pretty incredible. And Calgary is going to be comparable. And that old building fill it with with playoff hockey fans the atmosphere yeah. will be uh, it'll be
0: dripping from the raptor, rafters great question uh, let's check another one here's uh, from keith miller who asks how does the nhl fix its goaltender interference problem the inconsistency is so frustrating or is it it is what it is and we as fans and the vgk as players coaches have to learn to deal with it
1: um I'm not sure how they fix it, but I'm I'm in total agreement with him. Shane said this on TV more than once this year. To a degree, I feel like he feels, whatever, you could flip a coin.
0: We don't know. No idea. And this comes up the other day. Malcolm Subban, of course, thinks he's been interfered with so much so that after the review, after the period, he goes over to the referee and actually makes contact with the referee and got a penalty for it. It was a very quick review. It seemed Shane looked at the replay. He told us that it looked like there was some contact with Subban's glove trying to come up. And the the officials gave it a very quick look. So maybe, you know, maybe they missed it or maybe we missed something. I don't know. Here's the problem for me.
2: And I've been to the Situation Room a number of times. First of all, we don't know what they're looking at. They have more views, they have more angles than we do. And they are able to manipulate their view slow it down speed it up alter it in ways that we cannot so when when you say I don't know you know I don't know what they're looking at well that's exactly true you don't know what they're looking at so I think they could do a better better job of explaining what they saw when they send out that email it's, you know, if there was no goaltender interference, they just say it. there was no goaltender
0: interference. Which infuriates me. Yes, I know oh. it does.
2: I'm with you. It's hard.
0: That's a discussion for another time. But so I, I just think that could they do those videos remember how they used to do the videos about the head contact and like maybe they could do that even if it's not immediate maybe the next day last night in the golden knights flames game there was this challenge here's why it wasn't goalie interference and we're going to explain it to you in other words maybe they can't offer an explanation in the heat of the moment but maybe the next day or two or once a week perhaps the last week in goalie review interference calls, here's what we can show you. Like, that would be helpful for us, too, I think.
2: I Uh, guess you'd be, you know, you'd be in the dark for... Like, they certainly couldn't do that in the moment. Right. Produce a video like that, Like right? You know what I mean? It takes them long enough to get that email out. So (laughs) uh, I just... I I do think that they do a good job. I think the people there are skilled and educated, and they understand the rule book better than a lot of people do. And also, I just think that they have different angles and, and different ways to manipulate the angles than we have. So trusting them is kind of where you're at.
1: Well, in the angles we had the other night in Calgary, one angle looked like goalie interference. Yeah. The other one you're like, well, not so much. Yeah.
0: I never thought it was goalie interference. Yeah. No, I didn't
1: either. But yeah. the way Malcolm reacted,
0: right. I mean, he's not making it up. And, and nope, I do
1: think, nope. Dan, and, and and Keith, our questioner, um, I, I'm with him. I, and I'm, I'm not saying I have an answer. But there's got to be a way it's got to be better than yeah. what it is right yeah. now. Yeah. Because yeah. I think he's he fits with most fans night to night. They just kind of shake their heads out. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Here's our next question. This is uh, from Kyle, who asks, Who's got the odd superstition or pregame routine? Like Gretzky having four hot dogs and a Diet Coke before almost every game. <laughs> so I suppose that question is... That can't be tr- I, I don't believe <laughs> it is. Maybe back Ruth did. Yeah. yeah, and I don't think shots. they had Diet Coke back in the 20s, so maybe it was a... A little we'll, we'll something more stiff, a little stiffer. Mm-hmm. A so uh, for <laughs> the, the question babe. remains: uh, you know, I, I know of a few, but none on the Golden Knights strike me as particular unusual. Um, sometimes it's not a anything strange or odd in Kyle's phrasing, but uh, and there's the broadcaster routines too. So I, I don't. You guys have anything for that,
1: Lawman? You got anything that you do in the radio booth with Dan? Uh, well, yeah, nothing? I, re- I, mean, I re-
2: read off the. Uh, the, the names of the players on the opposing team and Dan corrects corrects my pronunciation on a few of them. That's kind of uh, sometimes it takes, sometimes that, it yeah, doesn't. Uh, and actually, uh, um, I also uh, like to count how much dessert Dan has uh, stashed in the booth. And I always like to bring extra for Gary. Yes, I never eat it, Those
1: though. Those of you but, that don't uh, know, Dan loves the pastries. He packs one for each of the three periods. That's usually, right. That's, that's right. You never make. know when
0: you yeah. might need some sugar to, to shoot shootout. Get packed for that's that. That's right. Yeah, you got to be ready. Can't lose the energy.
1: I will tell you on the TV side, and it's. Not, it's not a superstition, per se, but it kind of seems to happen every game. So we rehearse our open, Shane and I, right? Yes. And, um, you know, we our Tavis, um, Tavis Strand, our producer, does a great job. We, we meet with him in the morning. It's the and first time you said his yeah. actual name. Ha- it's Tavis, Tax, Travis, Tabis with a B. Right. We, we screw it up usually on purpose. For fun, yeah. For fun. But Tavis does a great job. So we've got... Here's where the Open's going to be, by and large. All right, this, yep. you know, Golden Knights and a couple of players are going to highlight. We'll transition to Calgary for the sake of argument. But most of the time, all rehearsals are god-awful. They are <laughs> dreadful. And I wish there was... We should air those. Uh, we should, because <laughs> I wish there was kind of a... We, we tell people in the truck, we've told others, you should put together... You have so much material for a blooper, ro- a blooper reel on Shane and oh, I yeah. that it would fill... It would fill an hour from the last year and a half. I do think, and I don't know if we, I don't screw it up on purpose. I just screw it up because I screw it up. For me, a little bit, it kind of <laughs> gets the nerves out maybe yes. a little bit. Yeah, same, same uh, here. But that being said, if people could see how horrendous our rehearsals are, I think they'd get a pretty good chuckle, and it's usually on a nightly basis. There you go. Perhaps in addition to the
0: SLG&D podcast, outk- outtakes from the TV booth. There you go. Perfect. Of course, Gary and I have uh, zero... Outtakes Suckle from the <laughs> You just threw me under the bus and said I get
2: names wrong
0: during the game. <laughs> selective, selective memory. There, don't we yeah. all? Don't, don't we
1: all? Yeah, Dan.
0: Apparently. <laughs> no. Oh no! It's, I, I, it's sometimes uh, you get a tweet from somebody who, who catches something. I appreciate those.
1: Let's go to the next question. Uh, what do you got now, Dan? <laughs> uh, Moving right along. Here's a
0: question from from uh, Joey. Uh, And Joey says that he's looking to move to Vegas uh, soon. So he asks, do you think when the Raiders finally play in Vegas that Vegas will still be a hockey town? Does having a high-profile player like Antonio Brown change the impact the Raiders will have on the sport of choice in Vegas? And again, he says, I'm looking to move to Vegas in uh, the near future, I guess, suggestions. <laughs> so, so not only asking us a hockey question, but also uh, wants to know where he should move.
1: I think I'd, I'd like to know, like, if he's if a younger guy, maybe he could room with... Uh, Dan's got a beautiful place just off the strip, right on the edge of there all you, the action. I that's th- lots of energy. I think that's what... Uh, I think that's what he should go for. I, I, Summerlin's the, the, I think Summerlin's the place to be. Uh, yeah, this person is uh,
0: this person uh, at, at Joey our, our tweeter here is a Chicago Wolves and Golden Knights fan, uh, and is uh, according to Twitter based in Chicago, Illinois currently. Yeah, so
2: there's lots of great places to live in Vegas. Yeah, and, oh yeah. Uh, Obviously, there's something uh, for everybody. That's yes, right.
1: There you go. Whatever yeah. you want, it's here. Yeah. Um, so, an answer to his question: Yes, I still think. Vegas will obviously be a hockey. Town. Vegas born, right? Vegas born, not relocated. The Raiders coming in is great. They're still mm-hmm. not going to beat the Patriots. Um, <laughs> and again, it's and I will say this, and, and certainly no disrespect intended, but it is eight home games a year you know, versus a couple 40 of plus. Games, and, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but no, I, I am a believer that you know rising tide raises all boats. Yeah. I, I think it's great that uh, you know I start with the Golden Knights. Now you're going to have the Raiders here in a couple of years we've got a brand spanking new triple-a baseball stadium right next mm-hmm. to uh, City Their National. Their first
0: game, I believe, is the day before the playoffs are oh. to begin. I think it's April 9th. Is it?
1: I, 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 I marvel at. Well, it's funny now that we're talking about going into City National every day and I kind of you can't miss it. I'll glance over and right. guys are still working trying to make sure everything gets done on time and yeah. you know, I, we were way on a trip. I came back and they had the Las Vegas Ballpark lettering up so yeah. that, you know, and then it's cool. I can't wait. It's it's awesome. But that being said, going into T-Mobile, you can't miss the construction site for the Raiders new stadium, and mm-hmm. that looks like it, that, that one end where they're going to keep open to the Strip looks like it's going to be phenomenal.
0: Yeah, Let's go to the next question. This is from Chris Walker who asks, OK SLGND, the Stastny Patches stone line has been unreal, but the smith Marshy Carlson line has been a bit slower. Do you see a flip in lines where line one moves to number two and current two moves to number one?
1: Probably 1 and 1A anyways. Yeah, Yeah. And
0: and I think that's the thing. We chatted with Travis Green about this in Vancouver the other day. It's hard to call that group, Stastny, Patches, and Stone, a second line. But I'd also say it's hard to call Smith, Marshall, and Carlson a second line, given what they have meant to this franchise. And sometimes the numbering, we, we get hung up on those numbers being ratings or rankings. To me, it is often just the first line over the boards, the first line that yeah. goes in rushes. Like, to me, those are where the numbers originate and they get transposed into rankings. I, I'm not sure that uh, I'd take one line over the other. As the number one line, but in different situations, maybe one is more advantageous to use than the other.
2: Yeah, this is giving me pretty simple. You know, what's the matchup that the other coach wants, and where am I, and Who's getting more traction, and right. that that line will get a little more opportunity.
1: In you know, and a, just a quick aside, in in a previous job, the Boston Bruins won the Stanley Cup in 2011. Shane was a member of the team. Their quote-unquote first line was David Krejci, Milan Lucic, and Nathan Horton. Their quote-unquote second line was Patrice Bergeron, Mark Recchi, and Brad Marchand. <laughs> so, you mean to tell me Patrice Bergeron's not your number one center? Yeah, exactly. He's well, one of the best all-around players in the game, so I think it's kind of, yep. you know. Yeah. Real quick, a
0: couple of prospect questions. Gary, I'm sure you can handle these. Jacob asks, where will Cody Glass play next season?
2: I would imagine he'll play for the Chicago Wolves, but... George McPhee has about uh, 83 million already committed to the cap next year, with uh, over, spread out over 11 forwards, six defensemen, and one goalie. He obviously has to sign more players, and uh, you know, is there a situation where he has to use a couple of, of younger players early on in their entry-level contracts? possibly uh, you know I think Cody Glass is going to be very close to being NHL ready next year but uh, so will uh, Nick Hague and a number of other guys so I think that uh, uh, the, pl-
0: the players always determine where they're going to play and
2: that they do that with their level of play uh, another
0: question from our friend Keith who we got a question from earlier asks do we get a look at Nick Hague before the end of the regular season
2: and not, not the way John Merrill and uh, Colin Miller are playing right now and with, not with uh, Nick Holden you know, waiting to go as well. They've, they're trying to accomplish some good things in Chicago as a team as well, so I don't think you want to disrupt that
0: uh, needlessly. Fun fact on Nick Holden, we've talked about Mark Stone who has all these takeaways. You know who has the most takeaways in a single game by the Knights this year? Nick Holden had eight takeaways in one game. Really? Yeah. Stone's uh, high watermark was five. Uh, obviously, the averages are not there.
1: Just fun fact. Give, Here, give Stone something to shoot. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: here's a gallery. Just to follow up, you ask, uh, mentioned the salary cap. Uh, Nighthawk2017 asks, I've read what the sports pundits say about the salary cap. Can you discuss anything about that, i.e. maneuvers, possibilities, how pieces move on the board? Thank you in advance. So right now, what is the salary cap's issue for the Golden Knights
2: well the next year they've got a lot of money you know they signed Mark Stone and they used up you know 9.5 million dollars of uh, of cap space to do that and that you know that goes into into effect next season and that will put them at around 83 million with the contracts they have right now unsigned amongst that group are William Carlson uh, uh, Thomas Nosek Pierre Edouard Belmar and Derek England, a few others, but uh, Malcolm Subban, but those are the kind of the, the big names. Now David Clarkson's contract is around five million, and he, when they put him on long-term injury report, they get some relief on there. Maybe they trade that deal. Um, you know they're they're holding some money from the Derek Brassard deal still, so you know maybe they move that as well to a team trying to get to the cap. There are there are things that George McPhee can do, but the other aspect is maybe some of those players don't get resigned and some younger players move up.
1: Make a trade. it could always yep. do that too, yep. right? I mean, yep your point, Gary, so Derek Broussard's money, $2 bucks, comes off the books, right? That comes off. This year. Yep. Mm-hmm. They're still, I didn't know this until I was just kind of glancing on it. Tomas Tatar. They're they're holding a half a million this yep. year, next year, and the year after. Yep. But, you know, and, and in terms of guys, you know, Carlson, you can debate whether, you know, is he going to make roughly the same money per year? Probably. I mean, um, what he's made this year, which is, is five and change. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury gets a bump. He gets this, goes to seven million last year, but it's you know it's about one point three more.
2: That money's that's that eighty three million that I'm that's accounting for. All for. that money's exactly. In that. So the biggest,
1: yeah. you know, and and Mark Stone, Mark Stone's making seven point three this year, but he's going to get a nice little two point two million yeah. dollar increase.
0: And then just kind of another way of framing a similar question, Liam asking, do you think the signing of Stone plays a factor in other players re-signing or coming to Vegas? In other words. We're talking about players re-signing them. What about other players potentially mm-hmm. coming in?
2: Those are decisions that George Munphy will have to make. Yeah. You know, I mean, if he determines he's going to sign somebody on, you know, you can go over the cap on July one. Yeah, you just get, you know, but then you're going to have to make. You're going to have to maneuver, and yeah. maybe that means trading
0: certain pieces uh, away from your team. Last question. This is from VGK Janelle, and Janelle, she's got the hard-hitting questions here for sure. Uh, SLGND. Do pineapples belong on pizza? <laughs> Do pineapples belong on pizza? Thank you, Janelle. Well, pineapples don't. Maybe pineapple chunks that have been sliced
1: and diced. I think that's it. what Janelle's <laughs> meaning. I'm not talking yes. about an entire pineapple. No. no
2: I don't on, mind. Right? Uh, once in a while for a change of pace, I don't Chop mind. It off it. The tr- okay.
1: I am not a big fan. No. Um, I like meat on the pizza. Yeah. Hmm. I like chicken on the pizza. Okay, Um, but you know, pepperoni, sausage, meatball. I don't like chicken on a pizza. I'm not. uh, If you haven't, I'm a little finicky with what I eat. No, yeah, believe it or not. (laughs) Don't believe it. Onions, no. Red peppers, no. And not a chance on Earth, mm. uh, but I'm sure these are all things that Dan loves. Uh, well, some of them. I love the, I love
0: the roasted red peppers. I'll tell you, I, I enjoy pineapple, but not pineapple on pizza. Pineapple yeah. juice, by the by the way, very good for the uh, vocal cords. Got to throw that in there. Oh, good. I didn't know. Yeah, that. So whenever there's pineapple, pineapple, yeah, juice. whenever there's pineapple in the media room before a game, I'll I'll make sure to snag a few pieces, help you through the show. Yeah. Uh, but on pizza, I prefer the roasted red peppers. Uh, prosciutto is uh, is wonderful. Yeah, I like but, you that, know, depending, yeah. I, cheese choice is interesting as well. Mozzarella cheese, ricotta cheese with There's, I could go, I could yes, go all day about From the, the, pizza. the
1: from the, uh, but usually not pineapple. Italian.
2: No, candy. I like anchovy like on an a napolitan Like okay. when you have, uh yeah. anchovies, capers, and uh, I don't mind you know. an
0: anchovy and a Caesar
1: salad.
2: Yeah, oh, I definitely like an
0: anchovy and a Caesar salad. Yeah, ah,
1: there yeah. you go. So <laughs> that's it for the meal that's, that's a wrap of the mail tips. Mail Pizza tips and the show. Yeah,
0: I'm sure the chef here at Andiamo could give us some insight. We well. could
1: stop by on the way. Now out. you're talking. Give him a nickel's worth of free advice. Well, we thank Derek Stevens for joining us earlier in the show, who runs the D-Hotel. Always great to to visit with Derek and said the Golden Knights, hard to believe they're down to the final dozen games of the regular season. Nothing on the dock, though, until this coming Friday night. Golden Knights will, one of two places they have not visited in the regular season, Dallas, and then uh, just uh, early next week they'll be in San Jose, but uh, down to the final 12 games of the regular season. You can listen to uh, Gary, Dan Gary on the radio, me and Shane on the TV sets, uh, anytime you like. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Rate, review, and subscribe goes along this this podcast. You've invested listening this long. Now we ask that you leave a comment, subscribe, and all that. Please do. Please do. We would appreciate it. And uh, thank you for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time on the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast.